hello and welcome to Meet Me at Art Assembly. This is a very special edition of the Art Fund podcast. Meet me at the museum in that, guess what? We're not actually in a museum. Instead, for one day only, a very special day. The city of Manchester has become one great big open-air museum spilling out onto the streets from Castlefield, as it's correctly pronounced, not Castlefield, <laughs> to Levenshulm. I mean, what's that? How am I supposed to say that? Levenshulm. There are artworks and happenings to be found in all sorts of unexpected places and just weird and wonderful stuff going on all over the shop. We're in a place called Home which is nice, and we'll be talking to those involved in the event and finding out what it means to you. But I'm not alone, it's crowded in here, and I'm joined by hundreds of people, so I can rightly say, hello Manchester! There they are. Many of you will already be avid listeners of the podcast. Um, For example, you may have heard the episode where (coughs) moi took someone they love, my auntie Christine, to a museum, for example. We went to the Whitworth Art Gallery, and the results can be as powerful as they are hilarious. Uh, My episode, just hilarious, no power was detected, sadly. But what you won't be as familiar with is what you can expect from Art Assembly 2022, City as Art School, today's festival. So let's delve in and get the lowdown from someone who is across it all. Please welcome the one, the only, Lisa Allen, Head of Creative Development at Home. Lisa. Hello. What is this? What's going on? Well, like you say, it's a one-day festival and it's all over Manchester. Lots of arts organisations in Manchester have been working really hard for many, many weeks and we've commissioned lots of local artists, really talented local artists from across all of Greater Manchester to work with the people of Manchester. And so today you can see the results of all that hard work. There are workshops, performances, exhibitions... And lots of it's happening outside and lots of it's happening in our wonderful buildings. And and why is it so important? I I think it's important because we have worked primarily with children and young people. So we've been working in primary schools, we've been working in secondary schools, colleges, universities. And for me, that's given those young people and the people of Manchester an opportunity to use art and creativity as a vehicle to change things, to talk about the world, to talk about how they feel. And I feel like, um, this is a bit controversial, but I feel like um, the arts in general is being squeezed out of our curriculum. I wonder what you're going to say. I thought you were going to say Man City is the best or something horrific like that. (laughs) Lose the whole room, or half of it. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, young people um, are not getting as many opportunities in school to do do the arts. Do you think art gets... You know, like, all everyone seems to say at the moment is, like, levelling up. You put question time on, or go down the pub, or levelling up north, south, Dubai. But art always gets ignored, doesn't it? And art can be a way of of at least changing a perspective. It can be an almost cost-free way of showing a different perspective and and maybe being a cog in the sort of levelling up cultural process. Totally. And what did everybody do during lockdown? Well, this is a family show, so I didn't (laughs) know. But people turned to creativity, didn't they? Oh, yeah, I turned to creativity. (laughs) (laughs) So it's good for our well-being. No, it was. I mean, I, mean, I remember Boris announced the, the, the lockdown, Mr. Tumble, uh, and the next day, whoa, while he was eating his volivants and partying, we obviously all got locked in. Yeah. And um, I just remember the first day I woke up, I was like, well, 
my job is 100% creative, yeah. as is, you know, all the people we're going to speak to today. But unfortunately, the transmission and reception of my art is done in person yeah. into the ear holes uh, and relying on the mouth holes, expelling air with laughter. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was like, well, how the hell am I going to do it? Yeah. But it was weird. What was amazing about it was I woke up the next day and I started doing various different things. Like painting. Yeah, well, it was finding a way to do comedy differently through yeah. online, through my sort of video montages, through you downloaded Zoom. It's hard yes, to think we'd yeah. never heard of Zoom I two know. years ago. And my point is how sometimes pressure and constriction can create art that you won't expect. It doesn't need to be, oh, woe is me, the galleries are closed it can be a way of forcing you to be creative in different ways yeah and I think that happens when you take art I have a bit of an issue with galleries even though I work in a gallery (laughs) um I I don't think that they're super accessible for everybody um and you know you talked about that with your auntie Christine um and so I think this festival brings art to the people but it's also made by the people so it's made by children and young people Particularly with Manchester, why is it so important to bring art and creativity to Manchester? I mean, I've I've spoken about levelling up, but what is it about this city and its cultural heartbeat where it needs this? I mean, I don't think we're bringing it. I think we're adding to it because Manchester is full of art, creativity, culture, full of art. You know, our communities are really creative. Um, So we're we're adding to it and we're just bringing a day of, of joy and... I think because a lot of it is out on the streets, mm. then it's a bit. It feels a bit more equitable, and you know, people who wouldn't normally go into Manchester Art Gallery or the Gallery here or Castlefield can just see something happening on the street. And that gets over that. Like some of us, if you grew up, I'm not getting my violin out, but if you grew, grew up in a council background, there's a sort of yeah. You sort of feel like art's not not for me because it's well, in a gallery. Well, you don't know what you don't know either, do you? Yeah. So if no one's taken you as a young person to a gallery then why would you just suddenly go in? Because the buildings are quite intimidating as well, aren't they? And now we don't have to because it's out and about on on the the street. street. (laughs) Art everywhere. We are the art. Thank you very much for joining us, everyone. A big round of applause for Lisa. Thank you. Usually on Meet Me at the Museum, we have a well-known person taking someone they love to a museum they love, and today we're sprinkling a little art assembly magic in there. And who did we think was best placed to sample the festival delights? Well, what about a rapper, playwright and world record-holding beatboxer, WTF? Please welcome, warmly, Testament. Manchester, you in the house? I thought I was talking to you like the first modern city on planet Earth, the greatest city ever. Manchester, where you at? (laughs) Adequate. Cool. Um, Yeah, my name's Testament. It's lovely to meet you all. The city is alive with art today. Very exciting times. Art Assembly 2022 has turned Manchester into an art school. From the art galleries to the pavements, you'll find creations around the corners, sculptures in squares. As we speak, teams of people are putting the finishing touches to their installations and artworks. And let me tell you, it's buzzing out there. So, for Meet Me at the Art Assembly, me and my good friend Hannah went along to take a peek behind the Art Assembly curtains. Got to tell you about Hannah Taylor-Jackson. Um, she's my bean mic one of my best mates for time. Uh, we were in a hip-hop crew together back in the day. I continued with hip-hop. She lectures at the RNCM. 
so gangster. Um, but she's also like one of the loveliest people I know. We had a wicked time. We spoke to loads of artists. Such a good experience. So much to, to squeeze in, really. But I've chosen my top moments that we experienced. Um, or just little snippets, a little volavon of art for you, for you to experience. Um, the first thing uh, that we saw was Lost Eons, a project by David Blandy, working with Venture Arts and uh, young disabled, uh, learning disabled people to create a project all about the future and imagining what would the city be like in the future. David's going to come on stage a little later on to have a chat and maybe you can create a bit of your own art and your own visionary work with him. Um, But I want to show you the first clip of what Hannah and I experienced on our visit to Lost Eons. Wow, listen to that, Hannah. I wasn't expecting that, to have a sound installation at an art gallery. That's cool. This is a very calm space. Can you, um, do you have that thing of being able to um, tell what kind of chord it is just by listening from it, by it? Yeah. You like minor, minor chord, that? first inversion. Wow. <laughs> I have to teach that. So, these are the images projected on the screens and they are kind of mystical. There's some which really remind me of anime and I'm a massive anime geek. These futuristic creatures that are half human with, uh, but sort of like with horns and um, this lovely sort of uh, skyscapes with sort of bleeding colours, the colours bleeding into each other. It's lovely. It's got a kind of magical feel to it, hasn't it? It's, yeah. it's futuristic, but it also looks slight, sort of mystical and magical, a bit like Midsummer Night's Dreams for these creatures, kind of half-fallen, oh, half-person. I love this one. There's a, there's a guy with a hoodie, and he's got some sort of weird face mask on. You can't see his face. The face is totally obscured for darkness, and it's got a face mask and horns sticking out of this uh, red hood. Yeah, it's quite dark, quite yeah. imposing char- character, that one. It's like a, the remix of uh, Little Red Riding Hood or something. Let's imagine we are on Market Street in 8,000 years' time. What's it like now? I reckon there's still buskers, right? Yeah, there will definitely still be buskers, but I guess they might be playing some kind of, like, different instruments that we've never seen before, like crazy future flutes or something. I don't know. (laughs) Future flutes. (laughs) I love that. As you know, we're at home, and we're at the heart of the city today. We're surrounded by iconography, it's that just the city centre has changed so much and I still have withdrawal symptoms because currently me and my fam we don't live in Manchester we live just outside ooh can you it's either R or it's a s- <laughs> especially because we went over the border into Yorkshire s- s- ooh, that's right white rolls red rolls it's going down but yeah every time I come back your city Manchester is completely transformed and I get lost it's a big glass buildings you know parks not really turning up but still a lot of concrete odd tree but I think about the need for green space and the need that especially in today's society the, the hustle the, the pressure to work to earn money it's never ending online email working don't even finish when you leave the office now innit? it's like right, okay more 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 work and there's a need to switch off and that's what art offers, offers us it's also what green space offers us and I think actually David Blandy and his artist that he works with on Lost Eons kind of profits because they're prophesying the future. And actually, their version had loads of like greenery and like twinkly stuff in the sky and trees and bushes and forests and stuff like that. So 
when I was growing up, when I imagined the future, it was all like we're wearing foil and whatever in Blade Runner, you know, something like that, sort of budget version. Um, don't judge me. Um, so, yeah, that was my vision of the future. But for these people, it was one of ecology and fairy tale. Um, it was very beautiful. And I think we actually need a bit more of that. And I actually do think they are, they are onto something because I had to do a gig. Beatboxing. For some council officials. <laughs> Not as cool as you lot, quite frankly. But after the show, I got to speak to like the head of Enterprise for Rare, Rare, Rare. And there's a theory going around at the moment in a lot of... Because, you know, all the, all the high streets are shutting down because everyone's like, because you're buying stuff on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, you. Um, because all that's happening, the high streets are shutting down, so what are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with the city centre? Why are we going to come into the city centre? And actually, there could be something about having somewhere to have community, to be yourself and just let go for a little while. We like that idea. Yeah. Just breathe for a second. Which leads me on to the next thing. We met two artists behind a project which is called Look Between the Cracks in the Pavement. And they, they have transformed the streets in a very interesting way. It's a special type of botanical society. So here's Anna Smith and Helen Mather talking about Look Between the Cracks in the Pavement. Do you want to come Hi. down the steps and we'll show you what we've done in front of the trams? Yeah, we just walked down the steps to the art gallery. And here we've got, um, we've got a pattern. It's a bit of a trail, really, mm. coming from the art gallery and heading down around the corner so uh, cool. towards um, the college, where there's going to be a lot of activity as well uh, at Manchester College. You'll also spot this pattern around St Peter's Square and you'll also see it um, at Sackville Gardens where we're going to be okay. as part of the Arts Assembly Day. So we developed this pattern with students from Manchester College who looked at 18th and 19th century Manchester Botanical Societies okay, wow. as their inspiration. So these were like working class, um, mainly men but sometimes women, often weavers, who got together um, in pubs and um, started to study botany even though they had no education themselves <laughs> and were often illiterate so they club together to buy books and then they would read them to each other so they're kind of a um, way of co-learning together that's and such like, a proper manchester story yeah yeah and they were like they would paint up like pictures of flowers on their um, we- um, looms as they were weaving so they were kind of like really coming from a p- position of no knowledge and teaching themselves um without kind of like without any kind of authorities kind of getting involved so we wanted the students to kind of get that sense of um how we could kind of like pick up botany and stuff in the city um, and also like track the changing landscapes of the city and just start to look for those little bits of moss and lichen that are happening around this urban landscape. Oh, I love that. And they literally looked between the cracks and things and they looked at things that they weren't that just looked barren or uh, very industrial, uh, yeah. very sort of urban, yeah. and found things through like hand lenses and things like that. So that's where they came up with this phrase, this looking looking between the cracks. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was about Tupac. You know, you know the Tupac thing. <laughs> so, like, Tupac famously wrote a poem called "The Rose That Grew from Concrete," and it was literally a poem about flowers that grow out of out of paving stones. Yeah, we're so hip hop right now. Incredible. Later on, I'll be back, and and I'll be using my first art form, the first thing that opened my mind up to creativity and art, which is hip hop, hip hop rapping that's my first sort of foray into trying to be creative so i'll be using hip-hop and beatboxing and remixing some of the sounds that we've actually heard today 
um, to create a piece of art for you live. Hopefully you'll dig that. But thank you very much. Now I want to introduce back to the stage the man from Essex, Russell Kane. Brilliant. Uh, well, thanks, uh, Testament. We'll see him again at the end of the show. He'll be bringing you a performance that will tear the house down. Not literally, obviously, that we don't have the council funding to repair any roof tile damage, should it be that good. Uh, but metaphorically, it's coming down. That's all I'm saying. Um, well, next up is an artist who, for Art Assembly, has been asking children what they'd most like to do as an adult that they're not allowed to do now. <laughs> this sounds like trouble, don't you agree? Well, please welcome the wonderful Olivia Glasser. Hi, Russell. I'm a parent of a six-year-old child with basically twins in one head. She's got so much personality. And this sounds terrifying to me. Uh, But tell us about this project, Respawn. We work with 60 Year Fives. We made this video work called Respawn, um, which emerged out of questions that we were asking the kids at the beginning of the project when I was getting to know them, like, um, if you could live in the online world or the real world only, which would you pick and why? Ah. And if you could only be an adult or a child, which would you pick? And also, So it's almost like, would you rather? Because my daughter loves that game. (laughs) We don't do ones as quite as intellectual as that. It's like, (laughs) would you like an egg for an eye or a long hair hanging out your nose? Anyway, um, so we've got a couple of clips to show us, haven't you? This is exciting. Do you want to introduce the first one? Yeah, so this first one we've got Gerline and Sophia talking about... Well, actually, Sophia does a really good job of explaining the project and Gerline's talking (laughs) about childhood. Yeah, and these were made in response to the questions. The question, would you rather live in the real world or the online world, we were kind of recreating our answer but in movement, so we chose and we would rather live in the online world because you can... If you die, you can respawn, and then we created a movement out of it. Um, in most of our weeks, we weren't just thinking about like drawing on a piece of paper and that becoming art, or painting on a canvas and that becoming art. We we decided to create art with other things like silence, movements, or maybe loops. Like on one week, we had to repeat the same movement for a minute, and to make like a little video with lots of loops all around. And then I was like, question, would you rather be a child or an adult forever? And I said, a child, because when you're like a child, nobody t- tells you off. And, and if you broke something, they wouldn't say anything. And you wouldn't do any job. And, you, and adults have to do jobs and work hard money and shop for their family. And do, but a child doesn't have to. They can just sleep and go to school and learn and just do fun things. Yeah, all right, girlie, don't rub it in. Well, so I just suddenly felt really tired just being an adult there. <laughs> so it went from nostalgia to a sort of bleak existential reflection. <laughs> what did you learn from kids during the project? I learned a lot, and that had a lot to do with the school because there are a gold uh, rights respecting school. So that's the highest award you can be awarded by the UN for. Basically what it means is the UN Convention of the Rights of the Child is fully embedded in school life, in their ethos and the curriculum. And so you can stop any of the children in the corridor and they'll be able to tell you what their rights are. So, Does, it, does every school have like a level of 
rating? Is it like a like could our local school be like bronze or blue or something? And we don't know. Yeah, so it's it's not an award I was aware of before, but it's amazing because it's got me to start thinking about children's rights more. So there's things like Article 13, yeah. which is the right to freedom of expression, yeah. and Article 31, which is um, the right to play and partaking in cultural activities. Why is this not in every school? <laughs> I think I it know. should be a, actually, instead of like mindless testing on the two times table. How about a bit of freedom <laughs> yeah. of speech and play? Yes, please. Let's have some of that. Um, yeah. Who are we going to hear from now? We're going to hear from Ethan and Remus, um, who've been grappling with some more big philosophical questions. <laughs> and as you'll hear, they've got some kind of differing viewpoints on them. <laughs> If you were in control of the world, what would you do? So people wrote they would stop a world hunger, no more wars, and they will put peace into like the world. My answer was, on the first day, I would make something for my parents if they returned. Then, after that, without messing up the room, I would play with my toys and clean up after... Then I'll go to my friend's house and play some video games. I wouldn't believe that because children, they would want to make a mess, not want to cook or anything, not want to do chores, and I don't really believe him because if I was him, I wouldn't really mess up anything, but I might mess up maybe the living room because I'm very lazy. So, yeah. You also got to choose your age. I would say about 18 because it's legally that you're an adult. You could own a house, you could have a job, you could drive a car, and st- you could get your driver license. Also, if you're a child, it's really like boring if you're got told what to do and you're an adult. It's going to be hard work paying all the taxes and stuff like that. And also, um, if you're, for example, 18, you can and make something useful out of yourself. For example, you could get a job and you could get, earn some money to live on your own. And So, yeah. I don't know what you thought, but 90% of that was more coherent policy than I've heard uh, in the news in the last year. <laughs> I'd be OK about Remus and Ethan uh, controlling the world. What did um, the kids say they got out of the Respawn project? Well, actually, um, we can see a bit of some feedback that they wrote. Um, So if we bring up the first image, we can have a look at that. So this is when we were kind of reflecting on the project at the end of it. And uh, I'm just going to read this one at the top. So uh, he said, it was fun because art can be made of anything. Here are a few examples. And then he lists from 1 to 12. Leaves. Wood, clay, an app, leaves, <laughs> trees, food, drinks, humans, crayons, pencils, and most importantly, glass. <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see glass like being number one. We didn't work with glass at all. <laughs> Where did that come but from? It's nice because he's obviously <laughs> thinking about different things and being like oh wow anything can be art and that was something that a lot of the children said actually they were thinking well anything can be Mm. and so at the bottom we've got some art can be easy to make and some can be hard some uses canvases and paint while other artworks uses our bodies 
What I'm trying to say is art has many answers. Yeah. And that's also something, yeah, <laughs> profound. And provided there's not another pen going, especially if it's in glass at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was something that really came through, that they realised that, um, well, they were thinking that, you know, there's lots of different possibilities. One of them said, uh, art has many answers while maths only has one. <laughs> Which was really How old nice. was the person that said that? Nine. it's so deep and we've got another image as well actually Um, I have learned that everything is art and that art can be a bit silly you could be art, I could be art yeah, if it can be silly I'm definitely art Oh, it's a wonderful turn in the day isn't it, I've turned out to be art brilliant, well uh, Olivia you'll be joining us again in a little while but for now everyone put your hands together for Olivia Glasser and the kids absolutely brilliant If you could make an artwork for Manchester, what would it be? Let's get the audience lights up. There we are. That's better. You can just say anything. You could just say I paint a paving stone, paint a bollard. Actually, that, don't paint a bollard. I don't want anyone to get arrested. You know those ones that come out of the ground? You could just stand there with a brush, couldn't you? And then the paint <laughs> naturally distributes across it as it comes out. Uh, it'd be a protest against like public authority. And my paint would be my liberal way of reacting against it. How's that? Pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you just do it. There's arts everywhere, man. Oh, we've got someone here. Uh, I think I'd probably make something to do with the human skeleton biology because the uniqueness inside everyone's being is just something I find really interesting. I think I'd really like to exhibit that as a massive mural throughout yeah. Manchester. And there's definitely um, there's history with that. I can remember when I was young, the, um, the body... He's the guy that sort of took the inside of bodies and stretched all the organs out, that doctor guy. It, it was forensic pathology turned into... Art. In fact, I'm reading a brilliant book at the moment. You know, Dr. Richard Shepard, the forensic pathologist, is always on TV talk. And he sort of looks at the human body like a cosmos. We can explore and observe all these different constellations. That would be bloody brilliant. Could be a bit shocking if you came around a corner and there's like a liver on the paper. That that was a heavy night in Weatherspoons, wasn't it? (laughs) Maybe we'll take one other suggestion and then we'll we'll crack on. Yes, yes. Enthusiastic hand gone up here. This sounds like something that's going to get commissioned, the force of the hand or not. I think it'd be great to have something around the 54 different articles of the child, because Olivia mentioned article 13 and 31. Yeah. There's 54 in total. So it'd be great to get young people themselves to actually commission and do that. Um, and the great news is, for those people who don't know, Manchester's been accepted onto the UNICEF UK child-friendly city, so the whole of Manchester will get the recognition that it deserves. That's brilliant. I mean, I'm going to both of these exhibitions... Well, this festival is all about revealing the city as an art school, a place to creatively grow and learn in unconventional ways. The artist, David Blandy, has been working with learning disabled young people to develop ways to be creative that are as far removed from a classroom as you can get. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it's David Blandy! Tell us about your project and the young people you collaborated with. Losty on Three Worlds, I've worked with uh, Venture Arts, three young artists um, with different levels of ability who are called George, Neve and Raven. And we had conversations about what the future could be, 
what um, the future of Manchester could be for them, and um, you know what would happen to the world if if we just allowed it to exist. So um, I created this fiction of creating vast underground havens that we'd all escape into to try and escape the oncoming climate cataclysm, and we'd stay down there for eight thousand years, yeah. come back up. And it's like it's a haven. It's like you know the world's changed. It's an amazing place. But but we've changed too because yeah. of this. There's these this substance that comes up from the earth called essence, and it's um, it means that you can uh, combine with different organic forms. So say with mushrooms or or plants or with think, <laughs> different mammals. I think, during, I think during lockdown some of that came true. For yeah, me. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, so it was this, this kind of story, this process yeah. that I talked through with the young people and um, they came up with their different worlds. So you had, you had Neve with her crystal kingdom. It was, uh, yeah, it's a space of um, made out of crystal. There's, as well as making the drawings, they also kind of, yeah, told me a story about this space. So... Um, yeah, Neve said that the crystal kingdom is like Atlantis, but in the air. Mermaids and humans live there. It's made of magical crystals and has comfortable, dark mas- mattress beds. It's been there for a long time. It's absolutely. I mean, this is fantastic. <laughs> Just don't let Pretty Patel get hold of one of those, or she'll <laughs> put them into force as a quarantine area. Yeah. Um, right now, you're going to take this audience on a little journey, aren't you, David? Yeah, so we're going to actually create a world together. Right, so, well, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to okay. <laughs> descend into my underground bunker and leave you yeah. with the stage is yours. So, we have a Manchester. Manchester in the future. What do you think it could possibly be like? The whole place has been wooded over. People have emerged. They've discovered this wooded place. Do you think they would have built a large crystalline structure? Maybe like a big beehive? Would it be um, a series of tree houses? How do you think we'd be living in this kind of distant future world? Anyone got a first idea? Just coming to mind that if all of these sort of vast glass monoliths have been around for 8,000 years, it's likely that they'll sort of be destroyed and decay. And I'm imagining sort of the raw material that's going to be most available is actually sort of what it's made out of, which is sand. So vast sort of sand castles being made by these people who are emerging from the ground. It's just a sort of... (laughs) idea that i'm swirling around no that's that's a beautiful idea so so it's it's almost like maybe more like a almost a termite mound so kind of like a big big kind of thing with lots of holes in it and people are kind of building homes inside this large like um mound of of glass and dust yeah i think that that's sort of (laughs) (laughs) and uh, what do you think these people would have turned into any any, anyone got any ideas of of how we might have evolved and changed in this space. I just think, um, coming from Manchester, if we'd been in the ground for 8,000 years and we emerged, the pigeons would still be here, but they'd be massive. (laughs) (laughs) Massive pigeons. They'd be like the the alpha predator. We'd have to fight them. (laughs) We'd have to fight them to survive. Terrifying pigeons just just kind of swooping around. So so obviously, like people are going to have to be be quite wary of these pigeons. What do you do? You think they're very fast? Like are they are, are, are they kind of um, able to to live underground? I mean, the termite mound is quite a good good protection. I think they've but... eaten a lot of chips. Chips. Okay, so we've got 
Uh, is, it, is it like a chip economy? <laughs> I think for pigeons it is, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, have the pigeons enslaved the people to make chips? Like, has this become like, like, like be, the process? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Has anyone else got any, any thoughts where, where this could develop? We've got an idea just behind you there. Given how people often play around and muck around with the statues across central and greater Manchester, yeah. I feel like a lot of people just steal them and create a massive chess set. Oh, wow. So, so what? Kind of, it, almost like a, a ritual chess set out in, the, in the, the, the terrifying space with the pigeons. Yeah, because we're too polite like, to fight it, to the death. We just play chess. Yeah, the so losers get sacrificed to the pigeons. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So how so so two these two kind of poor souls are trying to play chess against each other with these massive pieces, and and eventually the pigeons come down and get them, and that's you know is it like a spectator sport? I feel like yeah, if one be looking out the ant hill structure, we made avoiding the pigeons. The winner gets a big bag of chips to keep them safe <laughs> from the pigeons. Perfect. So I think we have a, a really kind of well-rounded vision of, of Manchester in the future. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for uh, playing Lost Eons with me. Thank you very much, David Blandy. Now, what is it about Manchester's squares and streets that lend themselves to creative learning and the theme of this very festival, City as Art School? To give their thoughts on this and lots more, let's speak to some of the artists behind the artwork currently donning the streets of Manchester. So please make some noise for Olivia Glasser and Rahil Khan, and also Suzanne Atkinson. Spencer, a year ago, we wouldn't legally have been allowed to sit next to each other. What did we live through? Do you know, at one stage, it was legal to walk but not stop. Do you remember that? We lived through that. Illegal, illegal. I had a five-year-old daughter. I'm going to pick a daisy. Keep moving. You're going to get us both shot. Keep moving. <laughs> anyway, um, Suzanne, we haven't met you before, so I'm being so rude. Um, um, can you tell us what your project is? What can we expect from it? Yeah, sure. Our project's called Bobbins, which any Mancunian, good Mancunian, will tell you is a northern euphemism for rubbish. So, <laughs> Do you know what I didn't know in, that? And that is the name of our cat. Is it really? (laughs) (laughs) How am I going to break that to my cat later? (laughs) Well, we've taken it as in, isn't it Bobbins being a woman when 86% of females aged 18 to 24 have experienced sexual harassment in public? That type of thing. So what we're doing, we're using the project to shine a spotlight on women's issues that generally are taboo or are hidden and you know, just to bring that forward, really, we've created some huge bobbins, which are in the window of Fred Aldous, which is an art supplies company in Stevenson Square in Manchester, which is traditionally a place where, um, you know, the soapbox kind of existed back in the day. So it's a place where protests have traditionally taken place from the charters to the suffragettes to BLM and, you know, modern day causes. That's generally where they tend to uh, take stage. 
It's good. I, I mean, I wasn't expecting such a serious bobbins thing to come out. That's good. <laughs> no, but that's good. That bathos, isn't it? Because it's uh, it sounds like a sort of friendly vernacular word, but underneath it is quite deep and that's challenging. That's right. Well, it's it was really important to us to keep it kind of Mancunian. We yeah. wanted to base it in Manchester, so we've used that sort of colloquialism to, um, yeah, really bring that message forward. <laughs> I did not see the word bobbins going through the whole of world history like that. Brilliant. Now, Rahil Khan has been working with young people, helping them find their place in this city. Tell me okay. all about um, an unconventional legend yeah, absolutely. and what it is. So um, we worked with uh, two pupil referral units in north of Manchester, me and David McFarlane. Just to stop, so pu- just in case people don't know yeah. what a pupil referral um, unit is, that's people that have had, can't stay been, in the normal schools. Yeah, so. I guess so. So from mainstream schools, they've been excluded um, and then they get put forward to these sort of centres. Got it which I guess has alternative learning curriculums and education. But yeah, David did uh, 3D augmented reality. Wait there, what's that? Yeah, I mean, come to the... I'm going to be the voice of all of you people to embarrass to to go, what's a 3D augmented reality? Yeah, Um, so the the pupils created a map um, and essentially through the lens of your mobile device, you, you see like a little story. And I was inspired by The Wizard of Oz. Say we'd done something with this table, I would move my phone, phone yeah, over it and, and through my phone just well. New world, yeah. And all, ah, brilliant. Yeah. Cool so and I, I, I went along and just recorded the whole process through a microphone. I kind of gave gave the young people uh, the ability to just mess around with sound, really. So that was my element, and created this sort of listening room. I'd like to say I don't know. I don't like to use a, the word sound installation. No. Um, okay, so let's get stuck in. So, and um, what do you love about being an artist in Manchester? I mean, this is to all of you, but. Um, off with kick off with you olivia i think there's some organizations doing great stuff like venture arts that we just heard Mm -hmm. about because i think there's still a bit of a delineation between art that's proper art in you know in the art world and then art for community groups Mm -hmm. and they're doing really great stuff mixing that all together which really is not only enriching for the participants but for art in general art becomes way more interesting once we get lots of different people involved um, how do you go? I mean, you, you have answered really already, Suzanne, but I mean, how do you go about taking your inspiration from Manchester? Do you just walk around like breathing in the sights? <laughs> well, you can do, because I think Manchester is often overlooked as a centre for art, really. But when you look back, we actually put on the first ever international art um, exhibition here in Manchester. What? We did, yeah. Did anyone else know and that? And literally everybody was there. When I was mean, that? That was, wow, way back in 1857, that I is, think. Just to be clear, that's before Facebook, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, literally everybody who was anybody in the Victorian area was there, I from, like, know you know, Charles Dickens and Florence Nightingale. Wow. They all came, everybody, all the royals, and, yeah, it was a massive, massive thing. And that's often overlooked, I think. Yeah. Well, it was a purpose-built um, venue near to where White City is now, so sort of not too far from Media City where we have, you know, where we kind of put on a lot of events and things now as well. But yeah, I think Manchester is such an inspiring place um, that lots and lots of people come here to be creative and they never go home. I mean, Manchester is really, really well known, I think, for its cultural attributions. Obviously, I can tell from my accent, not from around here, but so many people that sort of leave Manchester, I'm going to move to London and live the highlight, and then five years later they come back. <laughs> this sort of this bounce to London, go, no thanks, and they bounce back because it's a more connected community on every level with yeah. families, with art, with everything else. I mean, even just on one street, there's three massive universities, and I, I came here as a student, and I stayed. There's yeah. just so much 
there's so much to delve into. So many honorary manks. <laughs> while, we're, while we're in the classroom right here, what do you, what do you say about conventional learning um, versus creative We learning? just need more work to, to be done when it comes to curriculum, for sure. Um, and I guess it's quite difficult with the current government. But yeah, um, when they're sober, then they're a bit better. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, what, maybe we should question what conventional learning is. Yeah. So, um, Suzanne, your project here on many issues faced by women, as you said, that aren't spoken about, especially not in conventional learning settings. What are some of these issues? Or what can art do to help move these things along? I, in my world, it's the difference between comedy and satire. Comedy is just having a laugh, whereas satire tries to bite down and actually make a, an active change and put a bit of smoke up the politicians' bums and everything. So what's the art equivalent? Well, so much of contemporary art is about actually reframing the way that we look at things. And I think that's really what we need to do, because... Today, in addition to the bobbins, it's not just the bobbins. We've got um, a huge performance taking place in Sackville Gardens um, where we've got a dance troupe called Oakenhoof who have... They've found, way back in the archives, some women's songs um, from... One of them's from 1732. So these issues are not new issues. We've got to find a new way Sorry, of actually what's bringing the them to song? the fore. I think we all want to know the rough. <laughs> it's <laughs> called The Lady's Case. And, I mean, some of the lyrics, which will be available, um, they'll be being handed out in Can the parts of everybody. Can you give us a rough family-friendly gist of what the song's about? I, um, don't, I, don't, I mean, they didn't mince their words in, in the Well, one verse. of the lines actually says, we're shamed if we're kind and we're blamed if we're coy. And I think that's something God. that art can really amplify your message and get it out to new people, which is clearly what we need yeah. to do if we've been saying the same thing over and over again for 300 years. Now, I, read, I read that book by Kerry where he's like, what is art because i work in an in an art form where people debate whether it is art or not stand up sort of sits in the middle is it like a bit of musical diversion like a takeaway that you forget or is it something and um he spent this whole book trying to define what art is and he came down to it's something that makes you see something differently than you did before so there's a there's a transformative element to it in you it's such a simple definition isn't it and then so many things become art um, Olivia, you work in arts development and education. Why is creative learning so important? I know we touched on it earlier, but maybe just to recap or expand. Well, I'm just really passionate about everyone in Manchester having access to really, really good quality art. So through making it and also experiencing it. And I think the reason for that is because of what you just touched on, that art can change all the time. It's mm. like being remade and what we think it is, what we think it looks like and what it means. I think it's a really good tool for asking questions of the world. That's what my creative education kind of gave mm. me. And so to give people the chance to do that is really important um, to like have that tool. But that's why novels and paintings, like some, because I'm going to sit and read Charlotte Bronte or go and look at a Matisse painting, what good is that? But sometimes... Un- unvarnished non-fiction is not necessarily the best way to engage on topics, particularly with children and learning. Art can be like a, a sort of translation yeah, or a like, mutual language. So some of the children that we heard from earlier in the feedback and in the videos, there's one child who's autistic. There are some that only came to the UK a couple of years ago and they didn't have much English and now they're, you know, talking in a podcast, in a live podcast at home. And art is somewhere where with children that really struggle with, you know, have barriers to communication, they always get involved in the arts 
classes or with singing because mm. that's where they can really participate. Do you, but do you think, like, well, this is for everyone, but really, do you think there's a sort of prejudice in our society where but if you're sort of creating things, it's nice and it's important and it's culturally important and Hillary and Trevor can go and look at it in a gallery, but it's not as important as making policy or teaching history or the rigours of philosophy? Yeah, absolutely. It just kind of depends on your experiences, really. I can only speak for myself um, when it comes to sort of experiencing the art world, and it's still quite new to me. I am definitely come from like a musician background, so hanging out with you know these guys and, and everyone on the cohort, uh, it kind of opens your eyes into how important it can be and how it can change things. How can we reach more working class people? I mean, I, I grew up in a household where the word, we got a word down to have Ponzi, meaning it's lofty, pretentious, like Ponzi low old rubbish. What's that got to do with the real world? I'm, I'm tired from really grafting. Yeah, and, and it's just open to everyone. It's a I real, think it's a we real need issue. More people like Testament. How many people yeah. have been introduced to Blake by what he does? I think mm. that's just really amazing. We need more people like that. Olivia, I think it has a lot to do with how you create a space in the creative process or in the educational process, so that it really comes from the participants. So with our project, we were both we were really keen that. I wouldn't just come and land with an idea and then be like, how do we get there and how do we achieve that? Which is a risky process, but it's vital because it means that you just arrive and you're getting to know the participants and it fully emerges from them so that it's really um, coming from their experiences and interests and ideas. Mm. Um, So I think that's really important because then it creates a space for different people to come into it and approach it in their own ways. And that's maybe how people who don't think art is for them can navigate it accessing it i mean we could talk all day really um but the artworks won't create themselves so i can't have you lot skiving off for too long uh, everyone a big hand for the art assembly artists thank you very much guys cheers art assembly 2022 it's about to kick off but before you spill out onto the streets of Manchester to sample the arty goods, I'd like to present to you one of your most creative sons and his piece of art written especially for this festival. The playwright, rapper and world record-holding beatboxer make some noise, rewind, rewind, make some, re, 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 make some noise for testimony! <laughs> When I say art, you say assembly art. Art. In the real world, it's your time to shine. In the real world, it's your time to shine. In the real world, it's your time to shine. In the real world, it's your time to shine. In the real world, it's your time to shine. In the real world, it's your time to shine. Yo, 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 when I say, 
You say assembly, ah, assembly, ah, assembly. When I say ah, you can say assembly, ah, assembly, ah, assembly. Ah, Avengers assemble. Yeah, I got my task. Meet me at the museum, that's the podcast. Artists, I see them like Raheel Khan. Unconventional legends, the young people are. This is a work of art, it had to be. You can catch us live at Manchester Art Gallery. Look between the cracks in the pavement, scratching our society, bringing up the next generation and plant the seeds of dreams. Austerity means austerity of thinking, that's not what we need. When reality is dystopian, art imagines streets, visions of utopia, lost eons, find it in reality. Three world team must venture artists with David Blandy. Thanks for your soundscaping. Quite handy. Came in very handy, actually. Yeah. Real world online, that's a good question. I'll tell you better after I stop texting or Instagram checking. Refresh my seat. Refresh my knee. Refresh my feet. When we should refresh our soul and just breathe. In the real world. In the real world. It's your time to shine, shine, shine. Oh, your time to shine. They told me, yeah, it's your time to shine. Finishing touches like fist bumps or high fives. The culture needs not be intimidating. Fear not, four by four on a roll, printed live with a zero. Shout out to the massive Olivia Glasser. Smashing it, more movement than a dancer. This is Suffragette City, if you got the knowledge. And real Mancunians know that sexism is bobbins. But we can be creative with a brush or some paint Say spread love, we struggle with hate And you may stress, it might trouble your brain But you can have a life like the comedian That, that bloke Yeah, Russell Payne, we do it live on stage Shout out to the artists, we're at home today So engage with your inner self We let it out, your mental health Your visionary dreams are better now We stay testament to Manny, the hometown Thank you very much for rocking with me Because this is your art This This is your city Yes Testament I cannot tell you And the willpower it took Not to start doing snake caterpillar Across the stage during that I had to be physically restrained. Well, I should also point out that we've just recorded an episode of uh, Meet Me at the Museum with Testament, so make sure you hang around on our feed, subscribe, listen to that and tune in. But that's it uh, for Meet Me at Art Assembly with me, Russell Kane. A massive thank you, of course, to Testament. Again, we've got to put a shout-out. That was awesome. But also to our other artists, Olivia Glasser, Rahil Khan... Suzanne Atkinson and David Brandy. Come with me on a journey. Thank you to those listening at home and to you, the live audience. The Art Fund podcast, Meet Me at the Museum, is available wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, with the National Art Pass, you'll get discounted entry to exhibitions and money off your cake. Take that keto diet, people. Right, should we get arting? At Art Assembly 2022, that's it. Make some noise. Thank you. Thank you.